I asked my podcast partner, Jen Akins, to pound the table for a sleeper wide receiver this week. Jen, who are you pounding the table for? This week, my table pounding is for Rashid Shahid. Uh, right now, in like in redraft, 15.8 is his ADP, and an underdog, 14.9. I mean, we're looking at a New Orleans offense that hopefully will be improved this season. You have Derek Carr. Michael Thomas is Michael Thomas, right? If he doesn't show up, Rashid Shahid is their wide receiver too. And I mean, he had a solid rookie campaign last year, so he's super cheap. I'm all in. I love it. I love it. Rashid Shahid. We'll talk about that New Orleans offense a little bit, I think, later on as we talk about some of the uh, offenses to target. I like it. Rashid Shahid. You heard it from Jen. Go get you some Rashid Shahid. Now let's get to the show. Welcome, everyone, to the Most Accurate Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Brandon Niles. With me is my excellent co-host, the incomparable Jen Akins. Jen, how you doing, buddy? I'm good. I'm uh, I'm here, right? <laughs> uh, Monday night, uh, I'm here. You know, Rashid Shahid is a tongue twister. Say that like 10 times or even five. It is. Wow. You were challenging me there, and I kept saying <laughs> it too. I was like, I was like the person who didn't know what else to say, just kept saying the same thing over and over again. And like, that's the name that you keep checking to make sure that really is the name, and you're not just like rhyming to rhyme. How people, you know, we do that sometimes. <laughs> like how people say Reese's pieces, which is uh-huh. really annoying because it it's not Reese's pieces; it's Reese's pieces. But anyway, um, I'm good. <laughs> how are you? I some hard, <laughs> hard language toward the Reese's Pieces crowd out there, right? It now. just drives me nuts. Like it's yeah. just it's lazy. Like it's not Reese's Pieces. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I don't know that, yeah. No, this is good. It's this is the type of like hard hitting stuff we bring up on this podcast. This is why people listen. This is it's June, That's right? It. It's June. It's very much June. So, uh, no guest this week. It's going to be Jen and I, which I'm always psyched about. I love uh, spending an hour with Jen, or uh, maybe less than an hour. We'll see how long we go tonight. But uh, we're going to have a great time chatting about late round wide receivers to target. Uh, I like talking about late round guys because. When we talk about the players to target early in drafts, it's so dependent upon draft slot, so dependent on the strategy that you in, you know employ early in the draft. These late round guys, you could just target them. If this is your guy, you could plant your flag, reach around early and get them. And that's always a good thing. So I like that a lot. Uh, so I, this is the type of episode that I'm kind of here for. Hi, Zachary Murdoch. Thank you so much for joining us and listening. Happy Monday to you as well. Uh, so Jen, let's, let's start real quick. Uh, I want to talk about some of the teams before we get into very specific. So, uh, teams that you might want to get a piece of, even if you can't get the top guy, we talked about New Orleans already. Chris Alave is the top guy going way early. Rashid Shahid is the late round guy to target any other teams. You just want to make sure you get a piece of that offense. Yes, and you're going to continue to say peace like 10 times just yes, to like peace. get in my yeah. ear. All um, the pieces of the offense. Right, the pieces of uh, these <laughs> these offenses. Uh, yeah, listen, the Vikings. I mean, it's funny because nobody wants to draft Kirk Cousins. Every year, everyone's like, no, no, no. But the Vikings had the third most passing attempts last year, 672. Like, that's a lot of passing attempts in a year. They have the same, you know, offense. So yeah, I, I, you know, if you can't get Justin Jefferson, which you're not going to get unless you're the one, one, or maybe the one, two, if he slips, but let's be realistic. If you're not in that spot, you're not getting them, but yeah, I'll take Jordan Addison. I'll take KJ Osborne. 
you know, I got no problem with that. And I, I like that. So that's one of the ones. Um, do you want me to keep going or do you want to alternate on, on ones that you like too? Keep I've going. Got yeah, you might okay. you might end up with some of the same ones I've got. I'd Probably. Rather from I mean, anyway. right. I would think so. But um, another one, you know, I like, and, and for the same obvious reason, the Bengals, uh, they had the seventh most, most attempts last year. They're probably going to run very similar, if not the same offense. So uh, why not, you know, go with some Tyler Board late uh, and, you know, because why not? And, and yeah. Um, but I've got, I've got a couple that I feel like uh, are a little bit people, maybe not be ta- not uh, targeting just based on they're not projected to be very good, but you know, you've got the Colts and the Texans probably playing from behind for, I don't know, 17 games, <laughs> 16 <laughs> out of 17, whatever it is, they probably will be playing from behind. They probably will be chucking the ball and all they're all cheap. All the Colts, all the Texans. I mean, we'll get into some of those guys later because I think we both have them in our in our guys to target. But, uh, you know, both of those offenses are incredibly cheap. And I think that, you know, some of that, obvi- well, a big portion of that is going to depend on uh, quarterback play. So if their quarterbacks stink, they might stink. But we're looking at, you know, two rookie quarterbacks probably playing from behind. So why not grab those guys? I'm with Houston is high on my list, actually, uh, for a couple reasons. Number one, uh, the reason you said they're going to be playing from behind a lot. Uh, They also have a rookie quarterback who's really accurate and has a great arm. And I feel like maybe they might want to show that off a little bit. And then the other aspect is, uh, who's the main guy in Houston? Probably Nico Collins, maybe Dalton Schultz. But it's very much a prime spot for someone to emerge and come out there. So grabbing someone late in that offense, like you said, everyone's cheap. It's worth stashing that player or if you're in a best ball league, taking a few darts. Uh, but in a redraft, even in a redraft league, you know, grabbing someone like John Mechie, who we'll get to later, it's worth taking that, uh, you know, taking that risk, I think. Uh, I will Mr- say, I'm sorry, before you go, I don't mean to cut you off, but one thing about the Texans, though, that is a little bit scary, and we've talked about this quite a bit this offseason, you know, I personally, and I'm sure a lot of people got burned on this exact same thing last year. Like, same theory going in. Kind of. Davis Mills, he's not going to, you know, they're going to be playing from behind. There's no, you know, it was Brandon Cooks and then everybody else and someone has to emerge and nobody emerged. (laughs) So um, we could be setting ourselves up for a little bit of a disappointment again, but the process leads us there. So we're going to do it. I think the, the thought here though, is that CJ Stroud is significantly better than Davis Mills. I think that's the thought. Yes, we'd like to think so. Absolutely. (laughs) But I feel like last year we kind of all jumped on that because it seemed like a really good spot for somebody, you know, and John Mechie, um, you know, unfortunately was out, you know, or we found out, you know, earlier on in, in the uh, off season. And then it was even more open. Like, what are we going to do? There, there's, you know, someone has to emerge there. Um, and, and the answer was nobody last year, but like you said, they should be, you know, improve enough that we want to count on them, but still be bad enough that they're going to be chucking the ball, uh, you know, in the second half of most games. That's what I would think. Uh, you know, before I get to uh, uh, two other teams I want to bring up real quick uh, of teams that I'm targeting, and obviously uh, pieces of Kansas City and Buffalo are all interesting, but I like these like off the beat. Pieces. Yeah. So uh, Mr. <laughs> Scampers has come in. Hi, Mr. Scampers. Uh, Mr. Scampers is part of team Reese's Pieces. That's that's the same team as me there, Scampers. Okay. All right. Good stuff. Uh, and Jamie Perog, hi. Nice to see you. Uh, has a trade question. Let's uh, entertain real quick. Uh, Brock Purdy question. Would you trade away Mechie, uh, a 2024 second and third for Brock Purdy? Uh, they have Trey Lance as their quarterback in a super flex. So super flex, uh, you're giving away... Brock Purdy 
I think is is what I'm getting. Uh, either way, I I think it is super flex. If you need a quarterback, I like the Brock Purdy side. If you've got quarterbacks, then I like picking up that second and third rounder because right now we Purdy is enough of an unknown that in a year he might be worth two firsts in a super flex, or in a year he might be worth nothing in a super flex. So I think getting a second and a third plus an uh, an upside wide receiver is pretty good value right now. Again, really depends on how badly you need a quarterback. If you really need a quarterback, I'd hang on to Purdy. They're acquiring Brock Purdy. Okay, so I would uh, I would hold on to Purdy if you need a quarterback. But if you don't, I, I like that package for you. I think that's good stuff. Uh, another team, I what about Carolina? I know that's the other rookie quarterback situation. All those receivers are cheap. Another team that I think will probably be playing from behind pretty uh, frequently. And all those guys are kind of interesting, Adam Thielen and DJ Chark and Terrace Marshall. Are you targeting any of those Carolina Panther late-round receivers? Yeah, I am. And we'll get into that a little bit later as well. But Carolina is an enigma. Like we have no clue really what they're going to do. Like as far as their, you know, scheme, if they're going to go super run heavy, if they're going to go pass heavy, I mean, it's kind of starting fresh with everything, you know, it'll be their first season without McCaffrey. It should be interesting. You have Miles Sanders. So uh, yeah, I mean, why not? I would target, I would target those guys. I haven't, you know, I think a lot of people, and like I said, we'll get into this a little later, but I think a lot of people are really um, targeting Mingo when I'm kind of going more on the feeling train, but we'll, we can get to, we'll get to that later. Um, I do have one more, but actually you have one more too, you said, right? So it might be the same. So go for it. Yeah. Jacksonville was the other one for me. Yeah. Uh, me too. Uh, yeah. Kind of the same reason. Uh, big offense going to throw a lot. Uh, they spread the ball around a lot last year. And so uh, somebody could really emerge. Zay Jones is still floating around there. Yeah, uh, they have they yeah they had the ninth most attempts last year. So, um, and there's a lot like you said. There's a lot of late round wide receivers to pick from. I mean, once you get past Ridley, they're all pretty cheap. Well, Kirk is medium, but um, there, there's a bunch of other guys there. And you know, Chenault is now gone. If that's uh, something that people care about to open <laughs> up a little more, but Zay Zay Jones killer uh, destroyer of fantasy seasons last year. I haven't. <laughs> just blowing up in the playoffs he knocked me out of a league that i was heavily favored in i was very i'm never gonna get over this jen i'm never gonna get over this Uh, i know i know you well (laughs) enough to know all right so uh the next question i want to get into when we talk about sleeper receivers um quickly i want to speak to best ball because it's still best ball season i I wanted to focus mostly on redraft targets with this episode but best ball strategy on murky situations um I'm talking about those Houston teams or those teams where you're not really sure which receiver is going to be the guy. When you're doing best ball leagues, um, you're usually drafting more than one, usually drafting quite a few. Do you diversify those targets, those late round targets, like try to get a piece of everyone? Or do you end up really just kind of taking as many uh, of your guy as you can? I think in theory, diversifying is probably the right way to go, especially in a tournament situation, because you don't want to go all in on Adam Thielen when it ends up being DJ Chark and you kind of, you know, handicap yourself, so to speak. So um, in theory, it should, you should diversify. Do I do it? Pro- you know, not as much as I should. Cause like you said, you have your guy and then he's there and you get excited on a 30 second clock and you just pick him. And then you realize after like, Ooh, I maybe shouldn't have. Uh, but you know, I think if you're doing a bunch, you should diversify because we have no, cl- I mean, the NFL season, we know it's, it's, I mean, there are things that are, that are there, but a lot of it is, is a crapshoot. And if someone goes down and then all of a sudden someone else becomes the guy and you did not uh, invest in them at all, then you're kind of, you know, you're screwing yourself. So in best ball, yes, I would, uh, I would try to diversify as much as you can, especially like you said, in those kind of murky crowded uh, wide receiver rooms. 
This is this is what I need to tell myself that with the Giants every single day because I just keep taking Isaiah Hodgins every time. I just keep not taking any Giants. Yeah, and just leaving it at that. <laughs> it's definitely not one of the offenses that it's I'm saying. So I need to get hard. a piece of that. <laughs> no, I mean that's the thing too. But then again, you've got you know Daniel Jones is sometimes good, and you're just like, crap. I don't have any of these guys, and but then again, it could just be one of those things where it just changes week to week, and then none of them are actually good for best ball. And they also kill you in redraft because you're staring at Hodgins going, do I start him this week? And then you don't. And then that's the week he scores two touchdowns. And then you start on the next week and he has one target. So <laughs> that's, are you, <laughs> are you taking Waller in that off? I'm just curious. I know he's not too expensive right now. I can't remember he's his ADP not, right now, but you know, I was taking Waller earlier on in the spring and I kind of stopped. Um, because I just kind of decided I'm completely punting tight end uh, in best ball and just going to the end of the line. But I, I have, I definitely have shares because I took him earlier on uh, this summer. He's a little scary, but if, if him and Daniel Jones are on, then he can be fantastic. You know, he might end up being a target monster, but he could also not. <laughs> You're on mute. Yeah. looks like he's going <laughs> seventh round right now. So that's, Oh, is that, he? That That's a, about right that's about where i'm starting to sniff around the tight end yeah you know jamie paris campbell i'm with you i've i've kind of gotten back on the train uh he's you know he's been rough you know we've invested him in past season and um it hasn't happened but uh paris campbell you know possibly in this offense could be better off but you know i just i felt like that explosion was coming with the colts and it just never did that's, that was kind of my thing. I, I'm prone to that, though. Somebody who I've been waiting to to take off for a while and they just haven't done it yet. I tend to. Yeah, kind of get I mean, he got hurt, early. too. Yeah, true. And true. Matt Ryan was horrible. So he was so bad. He had a little, so little... <laughs> I don't know how he was that bad. He wasn't supposed to be that bad. He was bad. And, and there was he was such a like great value in best ball, you know, last summer going in like, oh, he's going to crush it. And he was bad. So let's uh, let's talk rookies because uh, I know you can't get enough of rookies, but at least here we've got rookies that are in places. Now I, w- I don't want to talk about Jackson Smith and Jigba and the guys that are going really high, but obviously those sleepers a little later round. Any rookies that you're targeting or any rookies you're specifically avoiding late? Yeah, I've got uh, I've got a several of both. Uh, let's see who should I? I've got I've got four guys written down of who I want, and I've got about two guys that I don't. So I'll start with guys that I want. Um, one of them I'm not going to do because he's actually one of your guys that you like. So I'm going to, I'm going to save him. Okay. You can talk about him, but one guy I do like is Marvin Mims uh, right now in redraft. Uh, he is, I'm sorry. In, in, on underdog, he's, uh, his ADP is 1408, uh, in Yahoo redraft. He is a 22nd round pick right now. That Broncos offense is very, uh, you know, we don't know what's going to happen there. But at the same time, Marvin Mims has had a good, you know, good start to, to mini camps and OTAs. Uh, you know, Sean Payton, different offense. If Russell Wilson, you know, becomes at least a semblance of what we had Russell Wilson in the past, Marvin Mims is a guy that could sneak up on all of us, and he's ridiculously cheap. I mean, he's a 22nd rounder in redraft, which basically means he's not being drafted. Um, and he's actually moved up to the 14th round in underdog. He was like an 18th rounder for quite a while. You could get him, you know, with your final pick. But I do like him. Um, another guy I like, and we just talked a, a bunch about the offense, uh, is 
Uh, Jamie's saying Roshan Johnson. However, this is a wide receiver show, but I do like Roshan Johnson, but we're talking <laughs> wide receivers. Um, but the other guy that we just talked about the offense is Josh Downs. Uh, he's a 17th rounder right now uh, on underdog and a 24th rounder in Yahoo, which I don't even know how they get those numbers because uh, are people really drafting 24 rounds in Yahoo drafts? I don't know, but um, either way, super cheap. You know, that offense is interesting, right? You have Michael Pittman is, is the clear wide receiver one. You have Alec Pierce, and then you have Josh Downs, and then you have like seven tight ends. So um, we'll see what happens with Josh Downs, but he's a, he's really cheap, and I feel like, you know, he could emerge or he could not. But it's one of those things, like if you take him with your last round pick in the redraft, you could, you know, drop him by week two if he's not good. And in best ball, if he explodes for a couple weeks, he could be a league winner. You never know. Absolutely. Yeah, I've got one more guy that I'll talk about. Uh, and then once again, it's it's in one of those offenses that we just talked about is for the Texans. I mean, it is not Tank Dell, is Xavier Hutchinson. Uh, you know, he's he plays really big, and there's been a lot of training camp hype on this guy. And I feel like he's kind of a contrarian pick to Tank Bell, right? A lot of people are like, oh, Tank Bell, Tank Bell, but this guy's in the mix, you know, he's an 18th round, but he's he's a basically final pick. Uh, in in uh, underdog, like his ADP is 1812, which is the very last pick. He's not even on the board in redraft at the moment. So, you know, we'll see kind of how training camps pan out. And, and if someone, you know, if Tank Dell is emerging or, or something else is happening. But like you said earlier in this podcast, you know, someone's going to emerge and, and get the snap, you know, in, or get the, uh, you know, the targets in this offense after Nico Collins and Mechie or, you know, so why not Xavier Hutchinson? Yeah, I like that. And Tank Dell certainly doesn't profile as someone who's going to be a target hog. Like he's he's going to have a couple of highlights this year. He's probably going to win the return job, but he's probably not going to be someone who's going to rack up enough targets to make it worth actually starting him in leagues and probably even minimal best ball value, I would guess. So yeah, Hutchinson, why not? Uh, I kind of like uh, Michael Wilson, uh, the third round draft pick for the Cardinals. He's going like 25th round at our multi-site ADP right now on that tool. So uh, mm -hmm. you can get him with one of your last picks and there's no wide receiver two set in Arizona. It's maybe Rondale Moore, but he fits better in the slot. And there's also no quarterback throwing the ball right now. Look, look, don't quibble with me, Jen. I'm <laughs> just saying. <laughs> you're you're not buying all the hype that we're hearing about uh, Clayton Tooney. Who? No, I'm all not. The, all no. the camp hype is that. No, he's, we'll see. I mean, like, yeah, like you said, it can be anyone. And we'll see, you know, some of this will be firmed up as we get closer on. Um, once the real, you know, the, the actual training camps begin in July um, and we start, we might see that, you know, the, Michael Wilson might might emerge or he might suck. But at this point, when you're just taking random stabs and dart throws, why not? Yeah, and Wilson, uh, honestly, had he not had injury issues in college, I think he probably would have been a higher drafted pick. He profiles as an ex-receiver, which is something Arizona doesn't have on the roster outside of him. Uh, Marquise Hollywood-Brown is very good and can play that role, but he's more of a Z style, uh, whereas Michael Wilson is really that outside threat. So he fills a hole that Arizona doesn't have. And I think that in a Cliff Kingsbury offense, it's very possible he could emerge. So as a late round back of my roster fifth or sixth receiver that I'm hoping for a little bit of a lottery ticket. I, I, I love him. He's on a lot of my rosters in that regard. I do not have any Michael Wilson, but you know, I may, uh, I may start. You never know. <laughs> We're always uh, looking, always looking for those late round guys. That's what this whole <laughs> podcast is for. Uh, in Dynasty, I like Hutchinson better than Parker Washington, Jamie. Just so you know, that's a question that we got. Uh, I wanted to also say I'm not really drafting Rasheed Rice. Uh, in Dynasty, I might be the Chiefs 
receiver second round pick, but he's I, I got burned by Sky Moore last year. And Kansas City, we know that the main guy there is Travis Kelsey. And so I just I don't want the lineup decisions or to worry about it. I wish that you could see my little sheet here because I have the same the same as as the don't want. I have I have Rasheed Rice as well. I also have Jalen Hyatt for the same reason I just discussed with you earlier. I mean, A, they've already said like at camp he's running with the threes already. So that's not promising. And B, there's like 25 wide receivers there right now. So, uh, you know, and, and it's a, in with Saquon Barkley in the mix. And uh, like we said, Waller, I just don't know that Jalen Hyatt's going to see the field enough to even be a dart throw. So he is someone that I am not uh, not going for. At all. I agree. And, and a lot and a lot of receivers in New York that do what Jalen Hyatt does. So it's not it's right. not even you can't even look at him like that's my Isaiah Hodgins argument, which we'll get to, is that he's the only one of the Giants that does what he does well. <laughs> right. No. And I, and I will say back to, to Rasheed Rice, like I wrote down, like when you're looking at re, when you're looking at his ADP, like the people that are like, I mean, give me Alec Pierce, give me Curtis Samuel, give me Thielen, give me Van Jefferson, like all those guys are right in that range. And I understand that people clamor for wide receivers on good offenses and you know, the chiefs are good, right? We can't, but at the same time, like Rashi rice might get nothing. I mean, he might be like you said, like sky Moore, where he ends up with no targets and he's a complete bust, or he may not, but I just don't think you can count on him enough. And I feel like there's other guys uh, at that similar ADP that are, are more guaranteed volume. Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you completely. Any other rookies you want to bring up before I move on to our next? Um, uh, no, that's all I have written down. Uh, I mean, there, you know, obviously, uh, someone in the chat brought up Jalen Reed, and we're going to talk about him later. So we'll just leave him. We'll leave him off for now. <laughs> all right. So uh, one more strategy question before we talk about very specific players and targets here. Um, do you, with your late round receivers, are you swinging for upside or are you chasing some modest production? I do a little of both. I try to diversify because if you go all upside, you could very easily screw yourself into a really bad team. So I try to mix it up, you know, towards the end of the draft. Like I said, like I'd rather, you know, if I'm going to grab some guys with upside, I also am going to grab Alan, you know, Adam Thielen. Cause I know he's going to have a specific amount of targets. They're going to use him in that Carolina offense. He is the veteran there. Uh, so I, I try to mix it up, but you got it. You have to have some upside, especially in best ball. You're not going to win a best ball tournament if you don't have, if you don't swing for the fences for certain guys, but I try to do a little of both. I don't know if that's, you know, the way most people do it, but that's how I rationalize it myself. No, it, it makes sense. I'm usually filling my fourth, fifth, sixth receiver spot is usually what I'm doing in the later rounds. Is that about where you are or is it even yeah. later for you? Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, I sometimes I'm so random. Like I know people, you know, in this industry, like to have these, these like, you know, very stout, like, like just plans of, of, I'm just not, I'm very like loosey goosey go with the flow with every draft I sit down. Like I don't have, I mean, sometimes I'll knock out, you know, sometimes I'll have seven wide receivers way before I normally would. Or sometimes I I'm all of a sudden like, Oh crap, it's You know, it's the 14th round and I only have three. I just kind of, I don't, I'm, I'm a strange person in that way. I'm not, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I know a lot of people, you know, this industry is, is very, you know, data-based and spreadsheet based and all of that. And I'm very not like that. As you know, I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a right-brained individual in a, in a left-brained world here. Um, so, or whatever the opposite, I don't know. See, I can't either way. My point is, um, because I feel like if you go in like, okay, I'm going to take this, this, and this, and this, I mean, all it takes is one person to screw the whole thing. You know, the guy next to you or 
the guy two goes over that takes three quarterbacks in the first six rounds and then everything is so you have to you have to be flexible so i go if i go in there like already flexible that i don't even have to bend right i'm already there and there's always a uh, Du Bois 67 or something like that in there that uh, takes all the Cowboys in the first seven rounds and throws <laughs> off your ADP too. <laughs> there's a lot, you know, you're, you're really dependent on the people around you and you have no clue when you, you know, when you click that, you know, you jump in a draft. Now, granted, like if we're talking redraft home league, certain people, like I've been in the same home league for a really long time. I know the tendencies of every person in there. So I know if so-and-so on this side of me, like I know they're not going to take, a second quarterback and screw me before I get, you know, like you kind of know that, but in a random underdog best ball, you know, that you drop into, you have no clue what you're getting. So you have to be flexible. I know it's, it's hard for a lot of fantasy managers to be flexible, especially ones that play a lot of best ball and have a lot, you know, a lot of it is planned out and you just kind of can't, at least that's my perspective. Yeah, I, I love that about home leagues. It's one of my favorite things that, that you can kind of figure that out. Like I know in my home league, I'm from Oregon. And so anyone that went to Oregon, Oregon State goes rip like rounds earlier than they should, um, gets drafted when they should. Yeah, no, then, same. Yeah. yeah, same here. Like any like, I mean, the Broncos depends now. But in past years, when the Broncos were really good, you could just people would way overpay. And then same here with like CSU and CU guys. Like if anyone is from the like, they're going to go early and I just back off there's nobody i need to have so i will always let everyone take all the all the local guys and i scoop up all the all the others yeah absolutely i'm fully expecting justin herbert to go top five again this year even though he's coming off a disappointing season it's yeah. a two, it's a two quarterback league but uh royce freeman when he was a rookie went in the first round in that league. that's <laughs> so, funny yes so. I look, yeah i know michael gallup tends to go early here just because he's a colorado guy and like philip Lindsay was always like people were clamoring and i listen i love <laughs> philip Lindsay. you know i'm a i'm a, I'm a fan but uh I, I can't believe he just disappeared like i i i, 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 thought, I that, thought he'd do fine was he i think he was in the xfl or the u.s he was in one of those i believe this or what maybe not maybe that was an april fool's joke i don't know i and hope it's, so it's i need sad. more philip Lindsay in my life I know he, I mean, right. Just to watch him play. Like you just watch and you're just, it's yeah. Amazing. He just kind of undrafted walked in the league pump, you know, pumped out a couple thousand yard seasons and then disappeared. <laughs> Maybe he'll be back someday. I hope so. I hope so. Uh, some of the guys I, I I'm with you. I, I diversify there late. I, I try to get an upside guy like a Michael Wilson, try to get a, steady performer guy like an Adam Thielen um uh, other steady guys you could get late you know um Alan Lazard if you have to play him on a bye week even with the Jets he's probably going to be the wide receiver too there you already talked about Tyler Boyd Tyler Boyd is a great steady guy that you can plug into your lineup on bye weeks DJ Chark is down there too so uh those are all decent options there um and then uh you know more upside swing guys that's that's what I'm talking about like the Michael Wilson type of player or uh, somebody else so uh, I'm with you there. Uh, so let's talk about some of your favorites, Jen. Who are some of your favorite late round wide receivers that you find yourself drafting more often than not? Well, I already talked about Rashid Shahid, so he's there. He was my pound the table. I'm still a fan. I'm in. Um, another guy I have is uh, Romeo Dobbs. I know that a lot of people are all in on Jalen Reed and super psyched about Jalen Reed. But Romeo Dobbs is right now he's a he's a 12th rounder in redraft, according to our multi-site tool. Um, and he's an 11th rounder in best ball or in underdog. I mean, that offense right now is a complete crapshoot, right? I mean, everyone just assumes that Christian Watson is going to be the guy. 
He's being drafted way too high as it is. And then you've got Romeo Dobbs. Like, why not? Everyone's focusing on Watson and Reed. Dobbs had a very good, quiet, you know, rookie year last year. And the and camp buzz is on Dobbs. You know, yeah. I mean, and if, you know, of course, this is all contingent on Jordan Love. He could stink and the whole offense could stink. But for where he's being drafted right now, um, I'm definitely taking more Dobbs. I wasn't earlier in the season um, and I've come around and I've been taking a lot of Dobbs just because I feel like, you know, especially in a in a tournament situation, um, it's a you know it's a contrarian pick to Reed and Watson that everyone else is focusing on. So I will say Dobbs though. I mean, he's getting a little more traction because uh, I've been watching his ADP and it has slowly gone up a couple rounds. But he's still you know he's still a double digit rounder. So I love it. I, I think Dobbs is great. And another offense that we you know we could have talked about with Houston and the other teams earlier. A team that we don't really know what to expect from that offense with Jordan Love. It might yeah. Be really I mean, good. we just don't you know. And so another guy, similar situation that I like is Alec Pierce. Right. I mean, oh wait, you know what? He's my he's he was supposed to be my. I forgot. I, I put a little arrow. I'm supposed to talk about him later. So let's just wait. We'll put a pin in him. We'll talk about him later. <laughs> um, and then we'll go back to my other guy, which is Zay Jones. He's the other one yeah. I had written down. Uh, you know, we, we, we've talked about that offense a little bit, but right now he's a, you know, he's a late 11th rounder in redraft and a late 10th rounder, uh, an underdog. He had the 18th most targets last season out of wide receivers. He, I mean, I understand Calvin Ridley is, is there now and, and Christian Kirk is there, but he can still draw a lot of targets. And right now he is, uh, he is the wide receiver 55, um, and our multi-site and he is ranked as wide receiver 44. So there's a pretty decent value with him right now based on our four for four projections and based on where he's being drafted. So Zay Jones for me uh, is another one of those guys. He's at least the wide receiver three on that team, like, like right? in, in any given day. And, and I mean, a lot last year, they're going to throw a lot again. He likes Zay Jones. Yeah. I love it. I think, I think for the, the value there, obviously I'm not going to want to hinge my season on Zay Jones, but I love, well, I love right. Zay Jones as my wide receiver four wide receiver. Exactly. Right. He's uh yes, he's he's where he should be as far as you know where he's being drafted. I wouldn't I wouldn't take him ahead of of you know Kirk or or Ridley, uh just because there are a lot of bodies there. You even you know, Evan Ingram's there as well. But uh for where he's being drafted right now, I like him. But and I like his ADP better than I like Ridley's and uh and right. Kirk's. So. Ridley is pretty expensive. He is considering um, he didn't play last year and was and and tanked fantasy seasons the year before. Right. So. Like he basically hasn't played in two years. So yeah. that's um you know we're assuming he's gonna step right in and and be the Calvin Ridley that he was in Atlanta a couple years ago, but we don't know that. I mean, I'm sure he's gonna be fine, but probably yeah. <laughs> uh, I really like uh, Van Jefferson is the guy that I like. You can get him in the 19th round, um, according to our multi-site ADP tool. 19th round, Van Jefferson. There's not really anybody else there. Cooper Cup is great, but outside of Cooper Cup, you know, he's battling with Ben Skoranek, uh, battling with rookie Puka Nasua, who was not a big, uh, not a lot of draft capital. Tutu Atwell doesn't seem like the guy. Maybe Demarcus Robinson's there, but yeah. Jefferson's a good route runner it's and he knows the offense. Yeah, Van Jefferson has been uh, gaining a lot of traction lately. You know, I write that you know bi-monthly ADP risers and followers, and and he's been in there uh, the last two iterations of that column. So for the last month, he's been one of the highest rising wide receivers in ADP. So. Um, I think we talked about him a couple episodes ago and someone told me there's some Rams YouTube show or something, which might've kind of caused that spike. Cause I think that same week it was Matthew Stafford. And then, but you know, I've been reading a lot. Like they were not, the two of them were not healthy together last year, Stafford and Jefferson. They're both healthy now. So 
Um, why not? Especially like you said, if he's a 19th rounder in, in, in redraft, like, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Might be the wide receiver too there in, mm-hmm. in an offense that, you know, we, we forget the Rams offense was something you wanted to buy into until last year. Absolutely. So. Two years ago, they were everything. I mean, they won the Super Bowl for God's yeah, sakes, you know, absolutely. You know, they uh, and- still have Sean McVay. So yeah. And then we talked about the Giants already. I'll just read it. I am buying Isaiah Hodgins. Uh, just he scored four touchdowns and five starts last year. Uh, seemed to be heavily play. I mean, he played more than five games, but he fed five starts. Uh, and then you know, in the playoffs, he was heavily targeted and seemed to have a really, really nice connection with Daniel Jones. Seems to have a role in that offense. Like I said, he does things that the rest of the wide receivers don't. Now he does do things that Darren Waller does really well. So that's concerning. But uh, but again, wide receiver five, like in the thirteenth round, like I like that. I, I yeah. like Isaiah Hodgins. I don't hate it. I mean, I've taken a little bit of him here and there. I don't know. You know, we'll see in redraft if I want to deal with the, the headache of that offense. Um, at the moment, my inclination is to not take any Giants because every week to having to decide whether to put them in or not might kill me. <laughs> uh, but in best ball, if I don't have to look at it, <laughs> um, then sure. Yeah. Then you get the touchdown, so that works out then well. You get the uh, he's also an Oregon State alumni, so I'm not exactly uh, objective on that one. So uh-huh. I uh, hey, I'm but- no one to talk about college bias by any stretch. <laughs> um, surprisingly, I have not brought up one UGA player, but that's because we're talking wide receivers, and there are none this season. That's right. They're all they're all quarterbacks and running backs are all the the UGA and t- and tight end soon to be so. But, and uh, now Darnell Washington, I we guess can talk about him. I'd I, throw him in are there. You, are you expecting anything from Darnell Washington this year though? He's kind of buried. I'm secretly charge. expecting him because I'm secretly expecting Fryermuth to, to unfortunately, you know, I, he, I hate to say this because you know, he just, he had several concussions last year. So ha- have You're that not you know, wrong. If, if it comes, you know, not wishing it on anybody ever, ever, ever. I'd like to say that ever, but, God forbid, you know, he, he gets concussed again. I assume that they're going to make him. Yeah, I don't know. So that's my only thought process is possibly Fryermuth If he gets utilized a lot and he gets, you know, in kind of a la Kittle, right? Kittle always gets hurt because he plays like a maniac. If Fryermuth <laughs> kind of goes down that same path, uh, Darnell Washington might stroll in there and surprise some people because he's it's good. possible. I, I like Darnell Washington, so I hope he does well. He's a talented kid. So, uh, what about the Baltimore receiving core? I know you're not a Baltimore offense person in general, but Zay Flowers, all the news on him is nice. Is this just a Sky Moore thing that's going to burn me again, or is he really somebody who might in this new offense? You know, surprise yeah, some people. I, <laughs> I think it could go either way, Brandon. Yeah. I mean, 14th we're, round. We're, we're yeah. It could definitely go either way. I think of all those guys, though, I mean, between Odell Beckham, you know, Bateman and Flowers, I would take Flowers. Like, if you made me take one of the Ravens offense uh, or or one of the Ravens wide receivers, I will take Flowers. But I don't know. Like I said, you know, similar to the Giants, I don't know that I want that headache every week in redraft. But uh, in best ball, I I have taken Flowers for sure. Interesting. Um, and I stepped on my Who'd You Rather segment later. I didn't mean to, but I was going to bring up Zay Flowers as someone that I like. That's what. That's where I thought we were. Because in my head, I was like, I remember reading something about Flowers, but I didn't write anything down. So yeah, I just, no, I stepped. I, I stepped on it because I was about to talk about Zay Flowers. And then, it's um, okay. So I want to mention one more person. Uh, just uh, again, John Mechie, um, twenty-first round. I he's a he's a lottery ticket. He could be nothing. He might not play at all this year, right? But uh, seems like he's healthy. Seems like he's gotten past uh you know the illness unfortunately that he had to deal with but i'm glad he seems to be doing okay uh and then off he's a talented kid like super talented fast 
Uh, absolutely. Know, I think so. no, he's he's a great uh, a great dart throw. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so uh, those are my favorite ones. Um, what's your favorite? Just absolute dart throw lottery ticket boom bust guy. Somebody who you expect nothing or a lot. <laughs> Okay, so I, I brought him up before, and then I stopped myself. Uh, Alec Pierce, because I feel like, I mean, he's the, you know, right now he is the wide receiver two in that offense after Pittman. He's a 17th rounder in redraft and a 13th rounder on underdog. He came on pretty strong at the end of, of 2022. He, he, you know, he was, he had a wide, he was basically a wide receiver five, right, in the last five games. But he also was wide receiver 14 in week 14, so in half PPR scoring. So, you know, he came on well enough to see there's something there. The reason that he's, to me, he's a complete dart throw is that Anthony Richardson, we just don't know, right? He could stink or he could be amazing. And then Alec Pierce is all of a sudden somehow, you know, a wide receiver two slash three in fantasy, and you're getting him in the 17th round. So, he could also be a wide receiver eight, you know, and suck and score 2.3 fantasy points a game. We just don't know what's going to happen there. I mean, last year, kind of like we said earlier, Matt Ryan stunk and hence the entire Colts offense stunk as far as receiving options. There was nobody there. But so we may end up there or he may be really good. So I like him. I like where he's being drafted. Uh, you can't really get, you know, a wide receiver two on a team for that cheap, like basically the second to last round. And he seems to have a stranglehold on that role. So right. I, I agree with you. And I like the kid, you know, coming out of Cincinnati last year, uh, talented kid. I For me, it's Jaden Reed because I think he's either Chris Alave or Sky Moore this year. I think those are the, those are the, that's his range of outcomes. I think he's going to be a really, really good dominant force as a rookie, or he's not going to see the field at all. But he's, he's available in the 17th round. And so, you know, if I'm taking a lottery ticket, I really like the kid. Loved the, loved his athletic profile coming out of college. I, I think he might re, he might win the return job. He might do uh, a lot of little things. But if he wins that wide receiver two job, or if uh, Dobbs has injury issues again, or Watson struggles, uh, but Jordan Love seems to succeed, then I think Jaden Reed could really do a lot in that offense. So uh, excited about that kid. Yeah, a lot of people are. I'm actually surprised that he's still as affordable as he is. Cause I feel like I see a lot of, I mean, and granted it's just like on Twitter, you know, so it's, it, it's a small microcosm that we think is huge, but it's not. And so I am surprised though, that, that Reed is still, you know, relatively inexpensive just because a lot of people are excited about him. And like I said, I'm kind of going the opposite and going with Dobbs. It probably will bite me in the ass, but you never know. <laughs> All right, let's do a, a, a three who you, who'd you rather. I already kind of talked about Baltimore. You said uh, Zay Flowers was the Ravens receiver that you would go after if you're going after one of them at all. Mm -hmm. uh, let's do three who'd you rathers and then we'll let you go. Uh, I want to do players that are being drafted at the same time so that ADP is not a factor. So and I didn't even see this section on the sheet. So I'll be flying by the seat of my pants. That's okay. Uh, that's so uh, basically Carolina Panthers, DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, both going in the 11th round. Which one would you rather have? That's tough because the answer is kind of a both. I, I I like both. I feel like you need to kind of, but if you're if you're okay, if you're if we're sitting here looking at a redraft team and I had to pick one, because I'm not gonna obviously take both for redraft. <sighs> Maybe Chark for youth. I don't know. I like Thielen though too. I, I, yeah, I'm just gonna go Chark for youth. Maybe he'll I don't know. That's it. Maybe he has more, he has more on the tires or more on the whatever the <laughs> I don't know. Is, is tires just a running back expression? Or can we do that for? I think you can. Uh, I think that's a metaphor you can use for anything. For, 
Yeah, yeah. wide receiver that's that's getting long in the tooth. He has, I don't know, oil left in the can or something. I don't know. Oil left in the can. I love it. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you for the most part. Um, I might take Thielen if I've already got too many upside guys on my roster. I might take Thielen knowing I could plug and play him occasionally. But generally speaking, in a vacuum, I'd probably pick Chark as well for the same reason. Yeah, I mean, Thielen, you're looking at, you know, touchdown guy, right? He's he's going to be touchdown dependent, but if he gets those, then you're loving it. If he doesn't, then you know, you're not. <laughs> and, and and in best ball, I, I think you hit the nail on the head, diversify, like have, have some of both. So, uh, so that I'm going to talk about two rookies last year, rookies who had very disappointing rookie seasons for wildly different reasons. Uh, and, and talk about going them going into their sophomore season. So Jameson Williams, uh, 14th round, right? Jameson Williams, obviously going to miss six weeks for uh, gambling suspension, but is otherwise healthy. Or Sky Moore, who is once again getting lots of offseason chatter like he did last year, but barely saw the field on offense a season ago. So which one in the 14th round, if you have to take one, Jen? <sighs> Woo! All right, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Jamison Williams, and that is just because I understand he has to. He's missing those games, but I also think that he has more of a clearer path to targets upon return uh, in that Detroit offense. There's not a lot of options there. I mean, there's good options, obviously, right? Amonra St. Brown, good. You know, I I just feel like Jamison Williams can kind of step right back in after his six game suspension and be, you know, and I, I feel like Sky Moore. I mean, the Kansas City offense is not predictable in any way, shape, or form. I mean, there's so many bodies there. And like you said, Sky Moore, you know, I feel like, and maybe I'm just burnt from, you know, Nicole Hardman, right? We're, we're, it's like we waited every we year. Kept like, waiting. This is the year. And I feel like here we are with Sky Moore, it's going to be the same thing. Like, if this is the year, and then he's going to have like a couple games where he's targeted a bunch, and then a couple where he's not at all. He's not even part of the plan. So I really, you know, I, I'm not taking Sky Moore unless I really have to, but there's no reason why you have to. So uh, Jamison Williams is my answer. I, I, I like that. I want it to be Sky Moore, but I think you're right. I, th I think ultimately Jamison Williams just has a little bit more likelihood of contributing throughout the season. Mm -hmm. um, and like you said, Kansas City's a mess. I It just... It's Travis Kelsey, and that's just what I need to yeah. remember every season. It's just Travis Kelsey. Everyone else is a crapshoot. <laughs> so, Mr. Camper says more teeth in his tool drawer. What, that, that, what does that even mean? Oh, you were talking about long in the tooth? No, I know, like but that. I mean, how is that? An, who has teeth in their tool? Oh, you I, mean like teeth on a comb? No. I don't know. I don't know what that would even mean. Like, Mr. Scamper says this phrase should be more teeth in his tool drawer. I'm not quite certain. Um, right? Like, how is that an expression? Like, are there teeth in your tool drawer? Unless you're talking about teeth on like a, some sort of a tool. Is there that's a tool? That's what I would teeth? think. Yeah, that, that's got to be it. Like or, a saw? Are those or, teeth? Or perhaps Mr. Scampers has some extracurriculars that, uh, right? that, that are concerning. It's, it's very possible. Collects teeth <laughs> out in the shed in the tool drawer. It's possible. You never know. So <laughs> thank you for that, Mr. Scampers. Appreciate that. Uh, one more for you. Uh, we already talked about Van Jefferson just a little bit. Uh, so Van Jefferson, 19th round, another guy, a familiar face to us over years, uh, Robert Woods. Uh, what do you think about Robert Woods or Van Jefferson, both in the 19th round? Ooh, Van Jefferson. Yeah. Yeah. I, just I can't, I cannot go back to the Robert Woods. <laughs> well, again, mm -hmm. I'm the well has run dry for Robert Woods and I. We are parting ways. Uh, <laughs> as I said, like he, he kind of uh, 
Yeah. He's, he's part of the Brandon Cooks all-stars for me. I can't do it. I, I, I have heavily invested in Robert Woods. Um, I don't, I just feel like, I don't know. I don't see a big resurgence happening there for him. I just don't. I bought in last year. I really did. And it, it definitely did not pan out. So um, for all the reasons we discussed about five minutes ago, Van Jefferson for me. All right. I'm with you. I completely agree. Okay. So uh, that's all I've got. Anyone we didn't talk about that you wanted to talk about today, Jen? Um, Let me look at my handy dandy sheet here. I don't think so. I think we kind of went over a lot of the... Um, we didn't talk about Washington. I, I like Curtis Samuel. I feel like, you know, last year he was kind of hit or miss. He had, you know, I think he was hurt, but he had some good games and then he didn't. Um, it's another offense where quarterback is a huge question mark. Like, is Sam Howell good? We don't know. Will it be Jacoby Brissett? Don't know either. Um, Dotson is is definitely, I don't know what his ADP is, but I believe it's it's a it's single. Too high. Yeah, yeah it's too he's high. yeah. So I feel like Samuel is a guy that might be, you know, left behind just because people are really excited about Dotson and obviously Terry uh, McLaurin there as well. So um, Samuel is one, someone that I will uh, I will have some some you know shares of just because he is cheap and if Sam Howell happens to be good or if they or if he doesn't and they turn to Jacoby Brissett who is certainly serviceable uh, and Samuel stays healthy. I think he had, I think it was a hammy or a soft tissue. I, I don't remember exactly what. Yeah. He's, he's, he's dealt with a lot of those, a a lot. of those types of injuries. But if he can stay week. healthy, there's not a ton, you know, they're dealing with what Logan Thomas again for the 97th season in a row. I mean, that guy is, you know, I'd love Logan Thomas to be good, but he, I think he's done. So there's not a huge pass catching, you know, arsenal in there in Washington. So roundabout way i've been talking for too long about curtis samuel but i, I kind of like him i didn't even plan on it but now that i'm kind of like him i like it i like it. i'm good with curtis samuel i like a little adding a little curtis samuel to the mix why not also again we're talking about a 17th round pick so right, you hold exactly. him for a little while and if you can't get on the field you can drop him for somebody else but uh these late round receivers there's value to be had there's absolutely value to be there's had plenty uh, and, and those are going to change i mean we can probably do another episode on this entire topic in a month from now and have different, you know, options based on training camp. Cause you just don't know, you know, the training camp, once the hype begins and people get on those trains and then the ADPs will rise plummet, you know, all of a sudden Jalen Hyatt could be back out with the ones and then we're all <laughs> scrambling. I'm just kidding. I, I don't, I don't foresee that happening, but. And I fall for a receiver every year. I do like, I'm pretty Everybody good does. at navigating the running back chatter, the quarterback chatter, pretty good at seeing it receivers. I always fall for one guy, but so. everybody does because there's so many, I mean, it's, it's the most, you know, it's a position with the most guys. And so we're, everyone's clamoring for sleepers. So, you know, everyone <laughs> falls for something. I mean, listen, you talked about Michael Wilson. I'm writing him down. I'm going to start <laughs> drafting him. You know, that's how it works. All that camp buzz, baby. All that camp buzz is happening. All right. So uh, thank you, Jen. Always a pleasure. Uh, any final thoughts or plugs before we go? Um, No, no. We've got a lot of content uh, on 4 for 4 right now. A lot of player profiles. We've done over 100 player profiles this offseason. Uh, collectively between the rookie ones, the free agent ones, the post-draft ones, and then now just the top 180p. So we've done, you know, over 100 player profiles. Um, there's a ton of, you know, ton of content. Go check it out. Um, most of it's free. Some is paid, but most of it's free. Um, so check it out there and buy a subscription. That would be great too. 
We still Absolutely. have still have early bird through I think mid July or maybe end of July. I can't remember. I think so. I just saw a promo out, so there's yeah. at least it's at least currently going on. So that's excellent. Yeah, come and join four for four. Uh, thank you again, listeners. Don't forget to, sub- to subscribe to this podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at Jenny NFL and at Two Guys Brandon. Thanks for checking us out. Have a good day.